This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. There are a few things in life Chris Thomas loves. The first is a delicious slab of ribs sitting on his dinner table. The second is playing his harmonica. And lastly, Chris lives to help small businesses find their voice and their audience. And he does that through his agency, Yonder. Chris started Yonder in his basement and has grown it into a full-fledged agency that companies of all shapes and sizes trust to help them with the most fundamental of problems, finding their audience. Every time they walk in the door, they're like, oh, we can't generate leads or nobody knows who we are. I'm like, oh, well, who's the audience? Who are you trying to reach? That's really the biggest one. We're for everybody. You're a boutique for women over 45. You're on Facebook trying to market to 50-year-old dudes. That's not going to work. So once they figured out their audience, then the rest is kind of easy. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Chris explains his passion for helping SMBs discover their audience as well as their own brand identity. Plus, he details some of the best strategies for how companies can retool their SEO approach, and he reveals the reason you should never equate retooling your brand with fixing the nuts and bolts of your business. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Chris. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Great day to talk about marketing. Uh, excited to, to chat about your agency, Yonder, and, uh, and all the amazing stuff that you're doing. So let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing? Yeah. So about 20 years ago, I uh, was working in corporate world, uh, didn't know what marketing was, and I uh, kind of found myself uh, being creative by like working on creative solutions and stuff like that. And uh, really just kind of fell into marketing by accident. Somebody's like, hey, can you design this thing or whatever? And like, I guess. And this is when like Corel Draw was a thing. Yeah, it just kind of started from there. And then uh, I, I started designing buildings and stuff like that, architectural. And then they were just wanting some marketing stuff. And then my first real job was actually being uh, a musician. I played harmonica for a living. So yeah, if, I mean, of jobs that can go, that was actually the weirdest one. But uh, yeah, uh, so I got to play with country and rock folks and had to get a real job, went to corporate. And the market crashed. And so I went back on the road for a little bit. And randomly, a church uh, of all places reached out. And they're like, hey, we need a creative director. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know churches needed that. And uh, I don't even know how to be a creative director, but sure. And uh, started learning marketing. I started out in After Effects and Photoshop and uh, started learning video. Uh, It's kind of weird that I got my start in the church because a lot of people just think, you know, fire and brimstone and stuff like that. But uh, our church was a little bit more creative and, you know, more welcoming. And so I started uh, working at a large church, about 15,000 people weekly. And yeah, one day uh, somebody just came up and said, Hey, look, you know, my agency needs somebody to help us build a website, uh, build a prototype. And I was like, I don't even know what a prototype is. And uh, they were like, well, uh, basically what you're doing in After Effects and 
So yeah, I just kind of learned marketing through, you know, the church world and then moved into agency and then back into the corporate world. I was working with pretty large uh, insurance companies and accounting firms uh, in their innovation labs. And really they were coming to me going, Hey, can you design this app for us? And we would design and build it. And they were like, Hey, how do we market this thing? And I'm thinking, you know, we're billions of dollars, like a top 100 company. And they're like, how do we, how do we sell an app? And I was like, this is simple. You just build a website, a landing page, a funnel, like, you know, and uh, they're like, well, can you just do it? Before I knew it, all of a sudden, we're doing these email campaigns to Apple and Walmart and Coke and uh, getting them to pay attention to this app that we built for accounting or to help with, uh, you know, uh, managing their employees and all this kind of stuff. And so I just fell in love with it, uh, learning how to market to people, especially at corporate folks, and uh, basically sat in a boardroom and I was like, you know, I really want to do this for the local business because small to medium sized businesses, they, they think this is all magic. Uh, and it's really not. It's the same process that I used in the corporate world that I use in medium businesses. And so that's how I kind of got into it. Uh, Yonder started about 18 months ago. It started out just me in the basement, and now we're a team of three, um, and we're in this really cool office space now. And I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been kind of weird just to think the last twenty years, like how technology evolved and how I got into marketing. I do have to say that playing the harmonica professionally is maybe the n- most North Georgia thing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely uh, a first for the podcast. I, I spent, uh, I spent a bunch of time in, uh, in Georgia when I was in the army and uh, I, I can, I can tell I bought my first car in, uh, well, not my first car, but my second car in, uh, in Georgia from a, uh, from a dealership. And I had to stay the night overnight. <laughs> and um, we went to, say like some hotel, uh, the best restaurant in town was this place that did like, you know, biscuits and gravy, like better, you know, better than anyone else, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera. And it was just some lady's house with like <laughs> trays, uh, and like plastic, uh, and you know, plasticware and all that stuff. And it was the best biscuits and gravy that I've ever had. So that's you, you might've, you might've ate at my grandmother's house. That's probably, uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Blue Ridge, Georgia in the mountains and, uh, yeah, I know the place you're probably, yeah, there's many places like that. Uh, you're just like, yeah. yeah, am I supposed to go in your house? Like, what am I supposed to, yeah, it's definitely awkward. But uh, yeah, the harmonica thing is definitely a North Georgia type thing. I did play country and blues and yeah, it's just, uh, sometimes it's hysterical to talk to people about it. They're like, what, is that really a thing? I'm like, yeah, it's the only thing I can do good. Yeah, so uh, so, you know, flash forward to today, uh, you know, you're, you're working with your clients. What are some of the issues that you see from an SMB perspective that people kind of like get wrong over and over again? Oh, man, uh, they don't know who their audience is. That's the biggest one. Uh, you know, every time they walk in the door, they're like, oh, we can't generate leads or nobody knows who we are or any of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, who's the audience? Who are you trying to reach? They're just like, oh, we just, we're for everybody. I was like, are you? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you're you're a uh, boutique for you know women over forty five. Like you're on Facebook trying to market to fifty year old dudes. That's not going to work. And uh, so once they figured out, you know, their audience, uh, then the rest is kind of kind of easy. 
Yeah. And so, you know, when, as, as you sit down with those folks, um, obviously marketing, not their strong suit, (laughs) you know, clearly. So what are some of the, like the quick fixes that you do to, to help them in the, in the early on? Yeah. Early on, I, I try not to scare a lot of people with sales funnels or email automation or marketing automation things or, uh, anything like that. And, Really, it's just uh, looking at their website, looking at their messaging. And the low-hanging fruit for us is, hey, look, let us uh, rebuild your website. Let's uh, retell your story. And when I say your story, like let's retell what you actually do. Because nobody, nobody has a clue that you sell insurance or you're an accountant or you're a barbecue guy. Uh, let's, let's make it very obvious. You know, uh, we, we smoke the best brisket in town or... We save you millions of dollars because we know what your 401k is supposed to do. Like tell people the problem that you're about to solve. And then uh, we actually follow that up with um, a brand video. And uh, video is the really becoming the number one converting tool. I mean, it's like 80% now. And basically just telling people, hey, look, uh, let us tell your story through video. Let us figure out... Uh, where to play that video so people start coming into your restaurant or coming into your business. And really, so they feel like they know you before they step into your office or your restaurant or give you a call. And really, that's a low-hanging fruit for us. And then after that, we, we started to talk about social media or we talk, you know, hey, uh, how do you nurture uh, your current clients and, and get stuff like that? And so, you know, as you're working with um, you know, onboarding these, these new folks, um, and kind of getting them to the next step, you know, like we have, we have a lot of agency folks who listen to the show, uh, especially people who are like trying to go off and start their own smaller agencies and things like that. You know, I, I personally believe that, uh, you know, that there's just going to be way more, you know, small boutique agencies that focus on one or two things like, you know, Mm -hmm. going, going forward in the future, just because of, you know, so many people have, really hyper personalized needs and, and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, as you, as you're working with, with different folks, have you found that there's like a certain niche that, that you kind of like to work in or, or specialize in? You know, it's funny. I, uh, I tell my, my team all the time, like I refuse to be in a restaurant niche and we have 10 restaurants. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And we're like, ah, restaurants is definitely a niche. Um, I think cause, uh, I mean, if anybody goes to my website, they'll notice that I'm not a petite fella. Um, I'm what you call a North Georgia Husky. You know, I understand food. I understand like the emotion that, you know, either people are having a good day or a bad day. And sometimes food is, it's what's going to make them feel better or, or feel better. Right. Uh, hopefully not worse. I work with restaurants just because on a local level, uh, I like to pour back into, you know, my local, local area, but really we don't niche down. And the reason why we don't niche down is we can get tunnel vision. And then all of a sudden it's just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And then people that are clients, you know, if they see that they're an accountant and then another accountant across town has the same website, they're just like, wait a minute, I, you know, I paid like $20,000. Uh, why, you know, that's a template. And so we try not to uh, copy paste. Uh, we really try to tailor to the business owner that walks into our office or gives us a call because it uh, one, it keeps me creative and keeps me in the know of uh, how trends are supposed to be for certain industries. 
and really just be, makes me kind of more of the subject matter expert when it comes to marketing in in general. Like, you know, if if I was just niching down to car mechanics and, you know, a life insurance salesman comes in and says, hey, I'm trying to get more leads, I can't help that guy because I, I do car mechanics. And so I never want to tell a company no. Now, I do tell folks no a lot of like, we're not a good fit. And, uh, you know, maybe this other agency is, but we tend not to really niche down. And, and really the reason why restaurants is a niche is it's a lo- it's from a local level and it's, uh, it's really fun to work with. Yeah. So I'm curious about like local versus we'll just say national or, or global type brands. How do you, how do you shift your strategies, um, on those? Because, I'd imagine that a lot of the folks that you're working with might not be like extremely high traffic websites potentially, whereas like, you know, a lot of the folks that that you were working with previous in your career are are probably pretty high traffic websites. Um, But obviously, you know, some of them want to become that and then then others are like, you know, in the town that they're in, you know, they're never going to, they're never going to have million visitors a, a month or something like that. So how do, how do you look at, uh, you know, traffic and specifically as it relates to SEO, which I know you specialize in? Yeah. So we, we do SEO and, you know, uh, probably your listeners are going to be like, I can't believe he just said that. And uh, so we really don't focus on SEO right out the gate because a lot of people think, oh, that's a quick fix. Like a lot of our clients and and some agencies, they kind of sell it as, Oh yeah, we can, you know, in the next 30 days, get you on top of Google and they may be able to, but the, the thing is, are, are they going to last? Right. Uh, there's a difference between tactics and strategies. Right. And so basically what we tell folks that they don't have a lot of traffic and they don't, you know, nobody knows who they are. We start to do brand awareness campaigns and brand awareness campaigns can look very different for everybody, but probably the basic one that we do for everyone is, um, you know, a video. And then we take that video and splice it up and put it on social media. And then to really drive in traffic, we tell our customer from a local level, now a national level or regional level is a little different from, you know, if you're looking at somebody that services people on a local marketing level, you can pay 500 to 750 bucks in ad spend and drive a lot of traffic really quickly within days. And then all of a sudden people go, oh, I didn't know so-and-so did that, or I never knew that was there or any of that kind of stuff. SEO for us really kind of comes later. And and when I say it comes later, I mean, every marketing agency should at least put in, I hate to use the word light or basic, but they need to put in the standard SEO practices, you know, keywords, all that kind of stuff in the metadata, because Google's going to recognize that eventually and go, oh, okay, well, there's a lot of traffic coming from Facebook. There's a lot of traffic coming from, you know, Google ads. And all right, let's start to rank these people up because they look like the subject matter expert for HVAC or roofing or plumbing um, or, you know, a restaurant, right? And so our approach is a lot different uh, than the most. And it's only because I, I'm kind of different, you know, even if I, if I went back to, you know, my days of corporate and I said, Hey, okay, look, we're going to do this SEO thing <laughs> and you're going to spend thousands of dollars 
but you're not going to get a return for the next seven to eight months, but you could get a lead in month nine. Are we cool with that? Yeah. Everybody, everybody good with that? Cool. Great. Or I go to them and say, look, Hey uh, guys today that we, we could actually run an ad today. Here's the creative, here's the video, here's the copywriting. Let's, uh, let's post this ad up. And uh, by tomorrow, we should have about a thousand people to our website. Now, when I tell that to people, they go, oh, I didn't know that's what SEO did or that I didn't know what that Facebook ads or, you know, that's, that's really what they're meant to be. And I'm like, yeah, they're not, they're not meant to be, uh, you know, weird or like, oh, I don't want to run a Facebook ad. It's to educate people of who you are and guide them to you. And uh, so that's, that's really our, our, our biggest sweet spot for, for local businesses. And then how do you how do you market to those kind of businesses? I know, you know, SMB marketing is is notoriously difficult because it's just so varied. So what does your strategy look like to acquire uh new customers and and vet them and and all that? You know, uh cuz I I live in Canton, Georgia and it's funny, uh I don't wear it as a badge of honor um or anything like that, but we've never run ads for our business. And it wasn't intentional. It just kind of, when I opened the doors about 18 months ago, um, I ended up uh, getting an office space. uh, So people knew who I was and what I offered. I think my first company was a roofing company. And then all of a sudden it was a co-working space and then a barbecue restaurant. And all of a sudden it just started to grow. People were like, Oh, you should really talk to Chris because, you know, this barbecue restaurant down the street is like just crushing it and people are noticing them and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so what I really do is I'm kind of like a warm blanket, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, where if you see my logo, I'm going to be on social media as far as like posting. And when people talk about my name or whatever, uh, yonder agency, uh, they're going to know, okay, yeah, they do, they do marketing. And so how I do that is from a local level, getting to know the people around you. Now, obviously with COVID, it's kind of difficult. It's obviously very difficult. And so what I've done is intentionally done webinars for free where, you know, the chamber of commerce, you know, here uh, where I live, when COVID happened, I actually called my chamber uh, and said, Hey, uh, I'm a marketing agency. We've specialized growing business online. I know the events have been shut down and webinar, not even webinars at the point, uh, all these sessions and stuff. I was like, would you be okay if I did a webinar for marketing, uh, for all the members? And they're like, Whoa, like we didn't think about that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do it. And so once I did that, all of a sudden people were like, Oh, well, okay. Now he's educating us. He's guiding us through the process. And then that's how it happened. And so, I mean, eventually we'll start running ads. Um, but right now, I mean, I'm afraid if we run ads, we're going to get too much work that we can't handle. People always hear about good work. But uh, if you want to do really bad work, people hear a lot quicker. <laughs> so I make sure that uh, in a local business sense that I do really good work and I'm transparent and I'm very you know, honest with, with what I'm doing. Got to get more people on the team to handle <laughs> to to increase the uh, the customer flows there. No, I mean I I agree with you. I mean I think that that's one of the things that um, it's actually a pretty pretty classic marketing mistake. No matter what size your organization is, that you know marketing out 
outkicks the coverage, right? Is that you're you're pushing either messaging or volume that your team can't handle, you know, and uh, and then your sales team's going to make promises that uh, that you, oh, yeah. that they can't that product can't keep, and and you kind of get into this cycle where now your your MPS is is getting lower and lower because you're you're not you're not delivering what you promised. Yep, that is so right. You know, I made that mistake in with one company that uh, you know they were B two B. I had done B2B work before, I mean, obviously in the corporate world, but um, I realized I wasn't good at it. And so I had to basically kind of remove myself and say, hey, look, uh, we're not going to be the best fit uh, for lead generating. I think a lot of people keep beating a dead horse as far as I'm going to do this. I'm going to be successful at it. And And it's okay to like sit back and go, you know, I'm not good at this one part of marketing. And people kind of respect it and they understand and you know you still walk away with friends because if I would have kept going and they kept you know not getting leads or getting the traction they wanted that could have been really bad for my business and uh yeah when it comes to sales guys and stuff like that I mean I am the sales guy uh my team are sales people but you know we never take on clients that uh we know that we can't knock it out of the park and uh, yeah, I, I refuse to not make that mistake uh, again. Yeah. So with with SEO specifically, with like hyper local stuff, like you're talking about, you know, best barbecue joint in, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, Alpharetta. When you're looking at things like that, and you bring on a client, what goes into the process of trying to figure out, okay, how do we win? best barbecue joint in Alpharetta, right? Like not, not yeah. just from a, not just from a, you know, win the phrase, but like actually win the, you know, quote unquote category. Yeah. Um, well, that's a perfect question. Cause, uh, yeah, I love barbecue and I love, uh, we have a barbecue restaurant. Um, I'll just give them a shout out. It's 441, uh, South barbecue. And, uh, we did their website and, uh, we, pretty much do all their marketing uh, stuff. And so they already had a good product before we walked in. And it was one of those things like people were like, oh, I think I've heard of them to now people go, oh yeah, I know 441. That Gosh, their barbecue is incredible. You know? So basically how we did that. And if I did it all over, I would do the same thing we, we did is uh, we came in and started taking, and, and people are going to not realize, uh, and because you asked SEO, but it's kind of the opposite. Basically, what we started to do was uh, take a lot of photography of their food, like make it look so stupid good, uh, take a couple of videos, have the owner talk about the barbecue process. We, uh, you know, he actually did a pig roast and people were like, oh man, I'm coming this weekend. And once we started doing that, we then realized, okay, we're getting traction. So let's take a look at the website, make sure that. Every photo that's on the website is tagged with barbecue, <laughs> like it has an all image of barbecue. And then we uh, started looking at like, how do we do it with Canton? Uh, how do we do it with North Georgia? And so we started looking at terms and going, okay, this is how we're going to tell the story. You know, one of the best pit to plate barbecue restaurants in North Georgia, right? And so realistically, we did this whole campaign that lasted probably three months and they started seeing growth and they started seeing people noticing who they were. And when it comes to SEO, 
as long as you have like the Google My Business stuff down, as long as you index your site correctly and make sure that it's like searchable, like the practical stuff that we should all be doing, uh, it really just makes everything easier uh, to promote. Now, I have a different strategy on a, a regional level or a national level because you're going to have to spend a lot of time on keywords and all that kind of stuff. But on a local level, it's really starting with that brand awareness campaign and then and kind of like topping it with SEO and making sure that the right things are in place and the right phrases and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you mentioned something interesting, which is like, kind of having that big in-person event, like a temple event, um, something like that, that, that you can, that you can leverage, especially when you're doing kind of like a mini brand relaunch, you know, it's, it's, it's also one of the things where you want to have the website up, you want to have everything working, you want to have the photos on there. Like you, by the way, great photos on the website. Oh, uh, yeah. th- those are killer, but I don't know why we record this ep- or this show, uh, during uh, around noon uh, every day for uh, for Pacific time because <laughs> I whenever we talk food I just get super hungry and I'll looking at pictures of yeah yeah there's a the the I will send you my address um, <laughs> the uh, I love brisket it's like my favorite food um, nice. and especially like southern brisket which is just like so ridiculously okay. good and so so you have the website you have. Uh, you have potentially, you know, looking at a paid ad strategy and your SEO strategy, but you got to get all that stuff set up before yep. so you can actually capture the value once you drive it. But then you do something like an in-person event, which is one of those things that you can do that like really cements the like experience and the value of what you're doing to oh, yeah. that. Like why why was that part of why was that part of the strategy and how did that work? Well, so they had a two-year anniversary and they, you know, before people ask, they did follow the COVID, you know, rules and stuff like that. Uh, They actually had uh, an outdoor event and how we promoted it uh, was even big. We uh, ran Facebook ads. We did a bunch of videos. We did a lot of social media stuff. I think they had like one of the biggest days they'd had uh, since they opened uh, that day. I think people in the local side realized, oh, wow, you know, this is in my backyard, right? Especially in that time too, people wanted to or still, you know, support, you know, local brands. And so really the in-person event, like is kind of the biggest, biggest thing for a local business, right? If you're not in your community, people aren't going to know who you are. And yeah, you can run Facebook ads and you can kind of get slower traction but um, if you do events or do some sort of networking thing where you get out there and people recognize who you are, uh, whether you're a restaurant or life insurance or whatever, you know, there's things that you can do to really, you know, complement your your local area, right, uh, where people know you. And, you know, I've seen accountants and 401k guys or life insurance say, hey, look, we'll for one day only, you know, we'll be uh, looking at people's portfolios or life insurance stuff and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, people show up and go, oh, I didn't know you were here. I didn't know you existed. And, or they call and go, hey, is that really free? So that's why those events, uh, I think from a local standpoint, because I mean, you know, I'll be honest, like growing up the mountains, 
you know, I remember as a kid, business was done with a handshake and looking somebody straight in the eye. Where now it's like you don't even you don't even audibly talk to somebody uh, to hire somebody to a job, right? I think we've all used a, a design service online where we have no idea what they sound like, what they look like, but they completed the job, and we trust that. That just doesn't work on the local business side because everybody says, "Do you know somebody that does question mark or can you refer me or whatever?" And if you're not marketing, if you're not putting yourself out there, how are people going to know and how are people going to trust that you're the authority being a car mechanic or a roofer or, you know, barbecue restaurant or whatever? Uh, because, uh, you know, businesses hate marketing. Uh, it ha- it's almost become like a cuss word. But uh, really, when it comes down to the local level, uh, there's a lot of things these businesses can do on their own. Yeah, that's an interesting thought of, uh, of kind of like marketing to the people who who disdain marketing and and the point of putting yourself out there. I mean, I think you know ultimately, I you know I think that something like this comes down to you know how do you develop trust? How do you mm-hmm. get people to trust that you're the right person, especially when there's a lot of options? And how do you stand out? And I think that you know the the fastest way to stand out is always to get someone in a room to, well, I I shouldn't say is always, but a very good way to do that is to get them to use your product, to get the value from your product as fast as possible. And Mm -hmm. if you are a service that you are part of the product, then obviously you want them to be talking to you, right? Right. Um, And I think for years and years, you know, when you look at like local advertising, uh, and local marketing, you see all sorts of sponsorships, you know, you see the, hey, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, the local uh, sushi joint sponsors the the seven, the seven 17th hole at, uh, yeah. at the golf course or something like that. Because it's about, you know, it's about getting your brand somewhere where, you know, people have affinity, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. hey, you know, I love the 17th hole at, uh, at the local muni course. And, uh, and we're, you got to get lunch after this. So, Hey, maybe we should go get sushi or whatever. And so I think that, I think it's, it's for, for SMBs, they have, yeah, everybody time is of the essence. And I think speed is, is the ultimate currency of marketing, but you have, uh, you know, smaller businesses really need to be very time effective with where they put themselves into the marketing, into those, those things. And I think, you know, a lot of the digital channels capture the value that you create with with the deeper trust-based type campaigns. Uh, once they've already tried, uh, you know, 441 barbecue, you know, then you just got to remind them every time that uh, that they're hungry, right? Or, or get in their, get in their, you know, when their office is right. ordering food or whatever it is, uh, because they've already, they've already done that. But getting them to, uh, you know, to take to take the first step on barbecue, I guess, is not that difficult. Um, but for other things, it, it could be a lot more difficult to get their foot in the door. <laughs> and they have to trust that you're the right person. Oh, yeah. Um, really, uh, on average, it takes two or three weeks for somebody uh, to decide to go with Yonder because they're waiting for the I gotcha or whatever. Or I don't know. It, it's just kind of funny. Like, I get a, a lot of the same questions of like, okay, so if I do this, I'm going to get that. And I don't ever waver. I kind of say this, I basically say the same thing that I tell them from day one, but keep guiding them. 
I have one client. She came to us and she told me all the stuff that she wanted. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. And I said, you know, um, that's great, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to give you what you want. Uh, I'm going to give you what you actually need. You don't need a fancy brand. Uh, people are going to shoot me for saying that, but uh, I mean, we had, I, I do brand like yonder does brand, right? When a small business comes to us and say, well, you know, I was told that I need to spend $7,500 on a brand and then I need to spend money on a PR and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, actually what you need is um, a good website and you need to educate people on who you are. So why don't you give away a free PDF on your, on your website? And showing that you're one of the best executive coaches in the industry. And uh, I said, brand can come later when you have a good, you know, healthy budget, you know, or whatever, or you become pretty known in your space. But you got to get your information out there first before you can even think about a brand. It's a great point. So like, and we get, we get this a lot too. I talk to a lot of people that are like, I need to build my brand. Building your brand means... That's showing what you have done and what you're going to do for people. That's what your brand is. Your oh, yeah. brand is not like, you know, some like list of attributes that make you cool or whatever it is. It's like show people, you know, what you can do for them and show examples of how you've done it in the past for people like them. You know what I mean? Like that's what your brand is. You know, uh, Mark Benioff said uh, uh, in his book that the, you know, the, the most powerful marketing is the customer testimonial, right? If you don't have any customers, I guess that's another story. But, uh, but you know, if your brand is how people talk about you, it's the experience of your product. So show that. Uh, yeah. Don't tell that. You know what I mean? Don't say how great you are. Just show how great you are. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't have the Yonder brand uh, when I got started. It was one of those like, I want to be an agency. I wanted to be careful because you only really get one shot with a brand and a brand launch. And uh, when Yonder released, uh, I think I had like five clients already. And I said, hey, you know, I'm launching this thing. It's called Yonder, you know, all this kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I know that I have a um, very distinct look <laughs> in our area. But uh, once I started doing that uh, and people thought Yonder's released, okay, that's cool. And like people started resharing and all this kind of stuff. I would be out in a restaurant or just be walking around like, oh, are you the guy from Yonder? I'm like, yep. Like, oh, I just saw your brand in somebody else's office. They were showing me your website. And I was like, what? And what I realized is people wanted to share it because they liked who I was. And you know, yonder agency could shut down tomorrow, the agency, the people and everything else. As long as you're betting on yourself and not a brand, you're going to succeed. And, and really that's, that's the approach I take. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate to have the space that I have, the team that I have, uh, the budgets I get to work with. But at the end of the day is if your reputation and who you are is wrapped up in a brand, you need to figure out something else because that brand could go away uh, at any point. And uh, yeah, I, I had to learn that the hard way. 
Okay, let's get into our lightning round questions. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn how to market on the world's number one CRM, that is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more lightning round questions. Chris, are you ready? Um, yeah, let's do it. Number one, what is your favorite cut of meat? Brisket. What's your favorite style of barbecue? And what's the best barbecue you've ever had? Uh, 441. Uh, their brisket is probably the best I've ever had. I lived in Texas for over a year. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it was good. But uh, legitimately, 441 has the best. I mean, they have a joke. Literally once a day, uh, somebody comes into the restaurant and they order and they go, well, I'm from Texas. And I said, hey, well, let me just brand that and say, if you're from Texas, we really don't care. Uh, so it would really be Georgia. I don't know, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a... Uh, <laughs> there's a great marketing thing there uh, that, that you all could do. It's like, if you're from Texas... And you don't think that this is, you know, whatever right. top five barbecue you've ever had in your life, then you get a free coleslaw or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, if you weren't doing this, if you weren't running an agency, if you weren't in marketing at all, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, man, I'm probably playing harmonica. <laughs> uh, or I, ha I actually had a career crisis. Um, I had gotten promoted and... Uh, I mean, things were good. I mean, what, you know, whatever. And I was about to hang, hang it up. And I ended up uh, sitting in a tractor store, like where they like, you know, the Caterpillar. Yeah, it was actually Caterpillar. Uh, it was when they sell their bulldozers and tractors. And I literally went to the store and like went into like where the little like outdoor showroom was. And I just looked at it and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to buy, buy this tractor and start bulldozing stuff and be a grading. I'm going to run a grading company uh, to just, I don't know. I don't even know. And I got inside this bulldozer and uh, I just sat there <laughs> and uh, this lady came out and she's like, honey, does your, does your wife know you're here? And I'm like, no, ma'am. She's like, you probably need to go home before you make a bad purchase. Uh, cause I was wearing, I think I was wearing like a suit <laughs> and she obviously knew I didn't belong there, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if it wasn't marketing, it would probably be driving a bulldozer, you know, laser grading or, or, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Do you have a favorite book or TV show or podcast that you've been binging recently? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So, we're actually naming our podcast after it. Uh, so we have a new podcast coming out called Yonderland. And uh, there's this comedian. His name's uh, Nate Brigetti. Uh, oh, he's hilarious. I was going to yeah. say, you know, you kind of sound like this. Yeah, he's the freaking funniest dude. Uh, yeah, he's like he's, my favorite comedian. Yeah, he's got a podcast called Nate Land. And just so you know, I mean, apparently somebody told me that and I don't even know who neighbor gets he was. They're like, Oh, you sound like this dude. You do and sound like him. I thought that from the moment we started talking, <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, I was like, man, I wish I was, Tennessee, as, but. yeah, no, I, I wish I was as funny as him, but 
Yeah, I love Nateland. Um, if I could be on a podcast, I would love to be on the Nateland podcast. Uh, secretly, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but uh, my my wife was like, "You can only do so many things." Um, but uh, that, yeah. that's that's just, that's code for for you're not talking about our relationship in public, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, no, I had a lot to talk about. Uh, if I was a stand-up comedian, I would definitely talk about my childhood and my parents, uh, just because, I mean, I think I might've been better off being raised by like a group of bears. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, it's fine. Uh, you know, I have a 14 and 15 year old, uh, difference between my brother and sisters. So my parents, the joke is my parents gave up on me when I was 15 and started over It just kind of, <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I would talk about my parents cause that's, uh, I don't want to try out my material, but if you want me to, I can definitely do it right here. Uh, that'll be next episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it, if I could have a job, well, now I want to take the job back. I think it would be stand up comedian uh, just because it's just, I don't know. Uh, anything I can do to make fun of my family, I think, and get paid for it. I'd do that. Yeah. What would be your best advice for a first time entrepreneur? I would say, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, it's always going to be on you to grow your business. Uh, you can't blame anybody else. And uh, when an employee calls in sick or is leaving or doesn't get their work done, like it's it's going to be on you. And for an entrepreneur just starting out, like don't ever become the victim uh, because victims really don't do anything. They just want people to to feel sorry for them or give them a job or whatever. And us as entrepreneurs, we should be the exact opposite. Never being the victim. If something happens, we pull up our bootstraps and we, we go after it and we work. And I, I say it like it's easy for me and it's not. Years ago, I was definitely the victim. I was like, oh man, I, I, you know, I didn't get this promotion or I didn't get this. I didn't get that. When I started Yonder Agency, and it started growing and I got the office space. I got, you know, all this kind of stuff, new truck, new house, you know, you name it. And uh, things were going really, really good. And I just kept thinking, okay, I need to do a little bit more and just kept that drive. And there was a time when I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And, you know, my, my dad, my, my stepdad that uh, raised me, uh, he passed away back August and, uh, we had like a weird relationship and he said, you know, there's not many people. And this is the craziest thing he's ever said. You know, he, he's, he said, Hey, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, Oh, that, you know, like what, you know? And, uh, he's like, you know, there's not many people that can take something from nothing and build it. And you did. And the next thing he said was just like, I think in every entrepreneur needs to write it down because I, I write it down. I have it uh, stored away. And he's like, just keep going. He didn't know he's being inspirational at that point in time for me, but he, he literally died two days later. So I'm looking at a lot of the stuff right now as an entrepreneur that created an agency during the middle of a pandemic. Uh, it was probably yeah. the worst year to ever start an agency. Totally. And I, I would tell all the entrepreneurs that are listening, that are going, 
man, I've put so many hours into this, it's not working or whatever. You know, your greatest potential is on the other side if I quit. And if you quit, you're never going to see what's going to be on the other side. I would just encourage everybody just to keep going because, you know, there is some jobs that you know that you need to quit because you hate it there or whatever, but you're staying there because it's safe. But if you're an entrepreneur, don't quit because you know that you're, you're an entrepreneur. And uh, we're in, we're in very trying times, but it's going to pay off. You know, those late nights, those early mornings, you know, eventually you're going to wake up and realize, oh, I'm running an agency and we're at seven figures and all that. Uh, You just got to remember LeBron James and Michael Jordan to become LeBron James and Michael Jordan by just playing, you know, in the games, they were shooting free throws. They were doing everything they could to be the best basketball player. And so you just got to think about that as an entrepreneur. What is going to make you the best self um, that you can be? Great advice. This has been awesome. Thanks again for, uh, for joining Chris. Uh, any, uh, any final thoughts, anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, so if you want to learn more about Yonder Agency, go to yonderagency.com and uh, we're all over the place in social Yonder Agency. And then uh, if you're a small business or looking for uh, some marketing software, we just released uh, this past week in February 1st, uh, Hollerbox. Hollerbox.com. And basically it's uh, all your marketing in one place. Uh, so sales funnels and CRMs and chatbots and even calendar. Check us out. Um, we're, we exist to help you know businesses grow online. And uh, so we're uh, also uh, providing courses uh, starting in March, uh, basically to show people how to really grow their business without an agency. And, uh, you know, what does it take to build a great website? How do I do an email campaign? What is a high generating PDF? Like what does a PDF offer? You know, practical stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, Yonder is going to be kind of a different type of agency, but, uh, yeah, check us out and, um, yeah, come along for the ride. And, uh, if you're looking for a podcast, uh, we're releasing, um, later this month, uh, called Yonderland, uh, and, uh, yeah, magic mountain, uh, marketing is kind of our tagline because, uh, I'm from the mountains and people think it's magic. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, rooting for you. Thanks, Ann, Chris. Marketing trends podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people. 
but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.